When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Good evening and welcome to another weekly edition of your Touchy Gooners. It's your boy SV Carboholic on hosting duties tonight. I'm joined by my brother Shabs. Good evening, sir. How are you? Yo, I'm back again. I'm all yeah, good. Yeah, mate, this is like two weeks in a row for you. Um, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, your missus let you off the leash tonight, yeah? <laughs> hey, don't start with hey, uh, and you know he's a loudspeaker as well. You know she's in the you know she's in the same room, so you're 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 disgusting with that. Is this how you yeah, want to yeah. start? Yeah. I live right. I, okay. I live life on the edge, man. On the edge, okay. on the edge. And All we're joined right. by our soon to be married uh English Ghanaian brother from Maryland, <laughs> Lewis back after I don't even know where, where have you been? You haven't been anywhere. You just you just wedding wedding prepping. Trying to pay this bill. That's what I'm trying to pay this bill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who knew who knew John F. Rice and all these things were so expensive, bro? Uh, well, listen, catering is not cheap. It is not cheap. It's not cheap at all. Um, yeah. Well, um, thank you to all the followers. Welcome back. Um, especially the Patreon guys. We've uh, we had a recent one recently with Havertz. We still got our no, sorry, we haven't done Havertz. We did Declan Rice. Um a scout and vid we still got to do some timber and Havertz ones but we need to get German Dan on for Havertz as no one else seems to want to be on to do a Havertz scouting piece but you know I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure I'll we'll jump on for that one to be yeah, honest because jump... yeah I, I, I want to watch some footage that's gonna change my mind I'm, I'm ready to be swayed yeah I'm ready yeah. to be swayed the, the comps aren't moving me yeah, the so I need some more extensive I need some more extensive footage and I'm sure many of the listeners are like that as well like They'd probably want to see. They need to see something, you know. Mm, and mm, mm. Maybe we can doctor the uh, the footage a little bit. You know what I mean? Like add a, add a bit of add a bit of jinky majink in there. <laughs> Speed it up a little bit so it looks like is. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, well. I mean, hopefully, um, it's a nice segue. We might get to see Kai Havertz for the first time tomorrow. We play our first official um, preseason friendly. We did play. Watford, I believe, in a behind-closed-the-door game at the weekend. It was like, because obviously our training grounds are back-to-back. It's probably an easy thing to organise. Um, but from what I understand, it was quite a bit of a mixed match with some some under-18s, some of the first-team guys. But I also know some of the first-team guys who were on international duty came back at the weekend to like Havertz, Saka, um, some of those guys who were away. So I think we are pretty much there um, with you know, the returnees, everyone's there. I think we're just waiting now for the official announcements of Declan Rice and Yuri and Timber. Why it's taken so long, I don't know. 
can't ask supposedly some stuff with the lawyers contracts the sort but i'm sure we'll get the announcement soon it seems to be pissing off west ham fans so i don't mind you know they they were very fast to say they're not in a rush to sell rice but all of a sudden now they seem to need our money to pursue with their targets they seem to be getting pissed off so if you want to drag it out i don't mind but i'm sure um i think from from what we understand with arteta he wants them on the tour on the us tour so i think where we got the game in germany tomorrow then i think they fly back and then um they're flying out to the us tour at the weekend so i'm hoping obviously we'll get timber and rice announcements before the weekend it, but it, it does seem it does i mean listen i, I i'm not one i see a lot of commentary saying arsenal is longing out transfers and la la, hmm. la 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 but it's kind of entering that territory of like oh okay this is this is this is uh taking longer than usual i would say like yeah well um, especially as we know that both rice and timber had their medicals on friday mm. and we haven't heard anything as in i'm assuming both of them went fine we know rice uh went back on holiday to portugal right because he's one of those who didn't really have a break because he went straight from um the conference final to england and then um so he didn't really have much of a break timber i'm not actually sure why timber hasn't been announced if i'm to be totally honest they said he's been training he was training with ajax he's he was training alone to keep himself fit um so literally and and then i saw his brother on ig announced they literally did a goodbye party for him in an arsenal shirt yeah. so it's literally just um we're just waiting for the for the club to announce it but hopefully we'll get an announcement on that shortly but i want to talk about tomorrow um tomorrow is our first official game um lewis we are so everyone's there that needs to be there essentially um i saw i think it was simon collins tweet today he said all of the guys who missed the end of the the, the season so guys like saliba martinelli tommy asus inchenko and elneny they're all back you know training with you know the main side now um so tomorrow against nuremberg are uh, what are you i mean will you, firstly will you be watching um, <laughs> what, what time is the game? <laughs> I, 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 this is this is this is. Bad, is it, is right? it going to be? Is it going to be broadcasted? Uh, I, I think I think the Arsenal website are showing most of the. Um, most They're doing of the that preseason so, season pass. Yeah, thing. season pass on the website. So it's at six pm. So it's at six pm. So yeah, six pm. I can I can do that as well. So just find a reason to cancel some um, meetings late in the day tomorrow, so I can start. Um, but I yeah, think, will, will you be watching? And what are you, yeah. if anything, hoping to see? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it. If I don't watch it live, I'll, I'll definitely watch the highlights because um, I think one thing I've been talking a lot about is when I have been on the podcast uh, over the off season is, um, is what we saw last year in terms of the preseason, how, just how sharp the team were. And you know, I always remember Tuchel after the um, the Chelsea preseason game where we smashed him up, and he was just like, can't remember word for word, but essentially he said Arsenal they're a million miles ahead of us in terms of like preparation for preseason. And he that could I mean in hindsight that could have meant a whole host of things, right? With with what was going on at Chelsea, but I think when you were solely looking at things on the pitch, you just saw you just saw that we were. A, so much better than they were in absolutely every department mm. and obviously like the first preseason game you're never going to be able to tell much and you know uh this same fixture last year was a bit of a a yo-yo fixture i think it's i think it's shown you said it finished 5-3 and it was just a crazy game um 
So first games, I don't think you can really take much from it. It's just, I think it'd just be good to see certain people back. Like you mentioned, the guys who've been injured and, and, and come back. And, you know, um, Kai Havertz, who I think many of us are eager to see, just to hope that, you know, to either be proven right if you're in the minority, I think he is a good signing. And, you know, obviously to be proven wrong if um, you're maybe not a, a, a huge fan of it in particular. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always it's always exciting to see new signings and how players look after the summer. You know who's come a bit back a bit chunky. I don't think we have any of those kind of players that you're really worried about preparation and professionalism. You know, um, it'd be good to see players like Emil Smith Rowe, who we haven't. It feels like we haven't. You know, we saw him in England shirt the other day, and it just looked weird him playing football because we haven't seen him for so long. So it'd be good to see players like that back. And um, But me personally, I'm not really going to pay too much attention until maybe, I think, who's the next one? Is it the Man United game? Is, is that next? Or is that the third I one? Think I think it's Man United or Barcelona. I'll need to double check. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to pay too much attention until those games because I think it's that'll be an extra week, you know, and I think we'll, we'll, Man United started their pre-season, pre-season today, I believe. I think they've played, they they face Leeds. I don't know if yeah, they, they want to. Yeah, they sure. played Leeds. Yeah, I don't know how they looked or or whatnot, but um, they, those sorry, those sorry, ties sorry, are always sorry. a good barometer. Sorry, just to interject here. Yeah, so after tomorrow, we have the MLS All Stars on the twentieth. Mm. Uh, um, then we have Man United two days after. Then we have Barcelona four days after, and then we wrap up preseason, I believe, with a, a Emirates game at home to Monaco. So that's yeah. that's kind of what it looks like. So game three for me. That's what I'm looking. That's when I'm seeing <laughs> see where we're at. Game three, if we absolutely, you know, hammer Man United and we just look way stronger than them on the, on the day, I'm going to know, right, we're in a really, really good place for, for the upcoming yeah. season. I think. Well, I'm going to come to you, Shabs, in a minute, but it was interesting as well that the main Touchline account obviously tweeted today, you know, it was asking the question, what do you generally look for in pre-season? What are you hoping to see? Are results important? Um, you know, um, so Shab, same question to you, obviously, in terms of what you're looking to see. But for me, generally, I, um, you know, to Lewis's point, I think one of the impressive things about pre-season last year, it wasn't so much the results. And don't get me wrong, the results were good because Arsenal smashed everyone, scored a lot of goals and it was great to watch, whatever, whatever. But there was a level of sharpness that Arsenal had in pre-season. There was a level of intensity that I think was probably, for me, the most striking point. When we played Chelsea, we just looked a lot faster than they could. They struggled to keep up. And I think... We then did the same like a few days later to Sevilla. We beat them like 6-0 and we were like 4-0 up within like 20 minutes. It was just crazy. It's a crazy, crazy level of intensity. It's not so much the scoreline that gets me. It's more just, and you know, I, I think preseason, you know, they often say results aren't the most important, but they can also help to build a sort of momentum to go into the season, which I think really worked well from, from our standpoint last season. So yeah, Shabs, I guess um, on that point, what are you hoping to see tomorrow um, in particular, if anything? Yeah, it's, it's, it's much of what's been said already that tomorrow's scoreline is not really going to phase me too too much, to be fair, especially with it not being the first game. Um, if, if we win, it will be what I expected. If we lose, to me, it won't. I think that's highly unlikely as well, but it won't be the end of the world. Um, if there's loads of goals in it, it won't matter to me. Like We're talking about the same... Fixture in last season's preseason it was five three, loads of goals. It was a crazy game. Um, there were some high quality goals in there as well. Um, 
you can't re- like Elneny, for example, scored the screamer in that game. Elneny didn't really feature or play a significant role in the in the season. Do you know what I mean? So it's things like that you can't really deduct too much from players like Ruel Walters, um, Mari, Tierney, um, you know, Sambi Lukonga, all these guys kind of started that first game again, how much or how little they featured as you know, as the season went on. Um, insignificant really so yeah I'm not looking at the result I'm looking more at kind of what Arteta does and again not so much for the first match but as pre-season progresses my intrigue's mostly around what the tactical setup's going to be um, because you know everyone is kind of projecting this is exactly how he's going to use Havertz this is exactly where Rice is going to play this is what it means for Partey blah 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 and yeah, whilst he might not be settled on an 11 yet, what preseason is going to do is give us indications of how he intends to use, um, especially the players that he's brought in, how he intends to use them um, alongside the existing players, alongside some of the existing players that have already done him so well. So that's kind of more what I'm looking for and looking to as preseason progresses. For that third game, definitely I want a Pam in. Um, but yeah, tomorrow. You know, I want some some run out. I want to see like players like Balogun, Eddie, and KTR mm. get some get you know get forty five minutes here or forty five minutes there and slap one two goals. And um, yeah, we've got we've got to remember as well. We've just got some players who were injured at the back end of last season, so Tommy Asu, Zinchenko, and all of that. And whilst they're training, um, yeah, we you know they're all at different parts. Saliba included. They're all at different parts of their recovery. So. Um, I'm not necessarily expecting to see these guys in the mix for the first game. Okay, it, it, it was interesting. You, you mentioned one name that I wanted to talk about specifically. I'll stick with you before I come back to Lewis. Um, Balogun, a lot has been made about it. You know, the expectation from a lot of quarters is that he's going to be sold um, and that it's going to, you know, Arsenal have supposedly placed a £50 million price tag on his head. So with that in mind... Um, He's he's been brought to Germany, so he's been training with the team, whatever, whatever. Um, there's a good chance he might feature tomorrow. Um, so, are you expecting him to feature? And you know, looking at it, if we just if we just take a step back, I saw tonight Leipzig have agreed a fee of around forty odd million something with um, loan striker Lewis Openda, right? So, yeah. um, which is a record signing for that. So, you know, we thought they might come in for Balogun. It doesn't look like they're going to. That's who they've chosen to make their marquee signing. Um, do you still think, well, I mean, if we listen to reports, there are still loads of teams interested in Balogun. So do you think he will go? Or do you, do you think there's a chance that, you know, teams won't stump up what we might want and we decide to keep him? Bearing in mind, he has two years left on his deal. So we have some well, interesting decisions to make. I was just going to ask you that. Um, I think there's every chance Balogun could go. I understand why there's the conversation about his future. Um, I, I, I do. He's come off the back of a very good season in France. Um, you know, he. I think his season last year was an outlier. I don't think people would have expected him to go to France and do as well as he did. I think his goals were one thing, but we actually looked at uh, his performances and the manner of some of his goals. It was probably a blessing in disguise getting Will Steele in as the coach. That's a coach that Balogun himself said, yeah, actually things changed a little bit. Um, 
And I think it was really early in the season when that happened, wasn't it? Was it pre-season or was it after a couple of games? Um, yeah, when games yeah. Came in, but yeah, he just said, yeah, it helped that the co- coach spoke English, that he spoke English, but they just found, he just found an understanding and a trust and he really hit it off. And I think he had a really good season, both in terms of his performances. And we, we saw things from his game that we've projected that he would be good at and seeing him over the course of a season playing first team football, um, and doing what he done for them, I think he was really good. So you look at that and you say, you know, the, the, what would be the right thing for this player right now? Forget us being Arsenal fans and whatnot. What would be the right thing for this player, a young striker in his predicament? Um, does it make sense to come back and um, play in a team that's competing in the Champions League, that's gonna be pushing on to fight for a league where he's not a guaranteed starter? Should he fight for his place, you know, uh, knowing that he's not necessarily second or he's competing with a number of guys, basically, if he stays and fights for his place. So there's no guarantees that he'll be, um, you know, the first that Arteta turns to after, you know, after the centre forward. Um, Or should he go somewhere where he's guaranteed to get minutes and make that move? And I think he's just a footballer right now and he's his development who needs to play football week in, week out. So... If that's not going to happen at Arsenal, I think he should go. I think we, I think we should sell him, and I think we should sell him with a, a buyback clause, um, you know, and so that we have the option to look at him again in the future and say, mm-hmm. yeah, actually, he's it. I personally think he's good enough um, for now, um, not necessarily to start games, but I think to get significant minutes, I think he's good enough. Um, I, I don't want to see him go. I don't want to see him leave, but I don't think it makes sense to loan him out for another season either. Do you know what I mean? So if we're not going to start him, um, let him go and cash in on him now. That's 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 my kind of take on the matter in relation to Balogun right now. Yeah, yeah. And Lewis, uh, and any thoughts on, on the Balogun situation and, and what you would do and what you think might happen? Yeah, I, I'm... I, I really want to see him. I've always been a big fan of um, Balogun and, you know, I'm it's never it's never a good sign when players are obviously coming into preseason with a lot of speculation over their head because it kind of signals especially when it's like a fee that I feel like is many a club should be biting biting our hands off for the at the fee that is being reported like 30 million 40 million I think is well worth a punt so we're not exactly asking for ridiculous amounts of money um which signals to me that Maybe Arteta just doesn't quite see him with a you know with an important role to play this season, which is you know I understand it, but um, I'm a fan of the player, so I'd like to see him given an opportunity. And I've I've been a big fan of Eddie as well, but if you were going to ask me um, who I'd rather give that shot to this season. I think I'd probably go for Ballo. And I don't know, that could be me with new shiny toy syndrome. Do you know what I mean? Like that could be like, I've I've seen what I have what I can from Eddie. And it's, it, I just feel like Balogun's potential and his ceiling is a little bit higher than Eddie's. And I'm more excited about the talent of Balogun than I am of Eddie, even though maybe Balogun's maybe not as refined as Eddie is currently. Um, but yeah, I just think as a striker, I think, Balogun's a bit more devastating and, and, and probably a bit more versatile as well. Um, you know, if you were going to play him in like some of the wide 
positions as well. I can definitely see, uh, you know, him being utilised like that. Whereas Eddie, you don't really want him out wide, we really do. You don't really want him to be doing that kind of role. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a shame because it does look like he's going to go and he's not, we can't say he's ever been really given an opportunity at, at Arsenal. And that's always a bit disappointing because, you know, with a talent like that, they they probably should should get an opportunity. But, hey, we, you know, we gave Eddie this long contract and 100k a week and probably the bed we've got, uh, we've, we've made and we've got to kind of lay in it, I guess. Uh, I think it's always been said that the two are always going to be hard to coexist because essentially they share the same agent, right? So, you know, Balogun and Eddie can't exist within the same Arsenal squad. One of them's going to always going to have had to have left long term. Um, I guess looking at the points you made about being given a chance, I guess obviously Balogun was coming through, Obra and Lacazette were here, um, obviously gave Eddie a new deal, signed Jesus. Um, we've now signed also Trossard. So really and truthfully, the, the the pathway for Balogun is very much blocked. You'd have to create, like, possibly get rid of two to give him, you know, that opportunity. And fair enough, after the season he's had, you can't blame him. No. He doesn't want to sit on the bench again. He wants to play regularly. He's now become the poster boy for US football as well. He's going to lead the line at the World Cup in 2026. So for that, he needs to be playing regularly and all the time. So you can't blame him. And, it, and unfortunately, it doesn't look... Like that is going to be here. So, yeah, I would hope that at some stage, if we do sell uh, this window, that it is... Even, I'd, I'd even sell a little bit cheaper if we could include like a little buyback clause as well, because I think, me personally, I'm a massive fan. I think he's got it, you know, that X factor, even though there are, you know, a bits, a few bits around, rough around the edges that, that do need refining. But I think that gets refined with more game time um, and that exposure to, to first-team football. So there, there, there's rumours that AC Milan want him. Um, you know, they seem to have a bit of cash now after the um Tonali sale. They've got Ruben. You need to be taking at least half that, bro. Like, come yeah, on, man. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, yeah I'm, so. not, I'm not gonna lie though. One, one, one thing I do take issue with, and th again, this is on the theme of last week and the fees that we demand for players and whatnot. I'm sorry, yeah, but if that Holland, Hol what's his name, Holland, Hodgland, Hoyland, that's it, Hoyland. If he's got like that, that Reba Harland, bro. If he's being quoted for 50 mil, yeah, mm. then Balogun's in that same bracket for me. And you know, this they signed Atalanta signed Hoyland for I think it was 13 million euros from wherever Seven, it was. 17 million euros from Stumgratz. Or was it 17 mil from Stumgratz? Yeah. Yeah. So and he scored nine goals last season. Nine on. goals. I think he scored eleven goals in all comps. Yeah, um, ten, ten on comps. Okay, ten. He's played over, you know, 2,000 minutes for them last season. So we got mm. good game time. Um, I understand the hype around him, but I don't think you can justify his body of work, his catalogue of work so far and put that above what Balogun's done. And yeah, you can, mm. you, can, you can caveat it by the leagues, but to me, there's not much in it between League R and... Um, the Italian league. And I think, you know, he's... What 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 did Balogun end up as? The top scorer or one of the top scorers in the league where you've got Messi, yeah. Mbappe, I don't think Neymar. he was top, was he? He was, he was, like, he was like third or fourth. But he was a like high-scoring season, wasn't it, individually? And, and yeah, yeah he, got, he got 22 goals all comps and it was the highest-scoring season for an under-21 player in Europe's top five. In league, Europe, so. yeah. And and for a while, he was up there as, like, the leading... Like, he, he, he led the goal-scoring 
list, you know, and he's doing oh, it yeah. for, he's got no right to be doing that for the, when you consider the team he's playing for and the quality of players he's playing with as well. So I just, you know, there, there's always going to be caveats when you're comparing and saying, yeah, it's not direct, um, you know, correlation. It's not perfect. But uh, again, I think it's important to look at these things as reference points and, and, and benchmarks. And I'm saying if Hoyland is going for 50 mil, um, Balogun's in that conversation. I don't think it's ludicrous to suggest that um, to suggest that Balogun's in or shouldn't be in that discussion in the same price range. Even even Shugs, even your, who's this Appenda guy? Is he moving somewhere? That's the Appenda, one that's called one that Le- Leipzig. 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 Yeah. Oh, is that the yeah. one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's that's a very comparable situation because yeah. it's it's like. Um, same age range, same, yeah, same age range, yeah. same amount of goals scored. Yeah, uh, I, I I get that they obviously bought him from, and he's he had a good year at Vitesse last year. Pender, I think he's got a lot of goals at Vitesse. Yeah, and you know they bought him from Club Brugge, I think, for yeah. I, I don't know how much it was for, but um, so slight slight differences, but yeah, man, like th- these these guys are shifting these guys are shifting fees. Yeah. So, and how much did they sign him for? How much I'm, not, I'm not Look. even sure. It don't say on Wikipedia. I'll have a look on um, transfer marks now. Because uh, the bottom line is that these strikers, and I read something that was really interesting, but again, it's about oh. strikers. Um, they signed him to 7 mil. Yeah, so strikers, so yeah. So strikers are one position in football where, you know, in the course of six months, a player value can um, increase exponentially. Mm. Um over the course of a season, you know, you get like 30, 40 million pound flips on strikers sometimes. So if you look at Appenda, he's a good example of that. So Balogun is an academy, uh, Arsenal academy prospect. He's gone out on loan, had a, 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 a reliable goal scoring season in a top five league in Europe. There's no way we should be having conversations about him being 30 mil. Like stri- strikers are at a premium. Like, What was Chelsea he- quoting for Broha last year? Yeah, well, they, they were looking at something crazy. They signed that Jackson guy for 30 mil um, from... Uh, and he, and he, he barely scored, he barely scored and just over like, 10 goals. Like, yeah, yeah, he scored nine goals, I think. Yeah, I think we're mucking ourselves off. But then is that is that, yeah. is that to say, you know, is this to say that um, maybe this is Arteta saying, yeah, I don't want him, like, get, get what you can. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this this will be the litmus test for Edu, right? Because we, we banked our first sell last week. We, we could probably just touch on that just a little bit. Granite Jacker has uh, left to buy Leverkusen on a final deal. Way. Good money, 21 Good money, and a money. half mil for a 30 year old ostensibly defensive midfielder. Um, you know, and I think that's what I would say under Edu has been the first first very good sell that we've had right so the aim we're him and Willock, for him. I would say Willock. Him, Willock him and Willock was yeah 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 so the aim is to to try and raise over 100 million sales um and you know and I think that's what they'll be judged by um so how well they do on sales we gave them credit last week uh very much so in terms of their incomings how swiftly they moved how active they were because it, it says something this is probably the quiet quietest week we've had so far since the mm. window's been open um, but the first three weeks were very busy, very active. So um, obviously it's probably calm before the storm, obviously with fixtures coming, whatever, whatever. But yeah, I think Edu will be characterised by the sales he can make and, and he'll be judged accordingly. So we do need to get a fee for Balogun off, you know, his stock's never going to be as high as it is currently. Off the back of a 22-goal season, 
you, you need to get a good fee. What, so what, whoever, what's, the, what's the minimum you guys would would take? Like, minimum, is there a fee that you guys would be like, absolutely not, he's staying? Yeah, and I is there a fee that you're just like realistic? Re realistically, for me, he can't be going below thirty-five mil. So it needs to be yeah. like. 35 mil is the lowest I would go, yeah. the lowest. And, and he, and you know, because put it this way, if we wanted to buy Balogun based off the season he just had, how much would we be getting quoted? Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. 38, we, 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 37 and a half, 38 mil for me. That's the, that's the lowest end. Um, I projected last week, I said, if we get 42.4, I think I said 42.5 mil um, pounds. It's hard, to say, it's hard to say no to that. That'd, that'd be hard to say no to, I think. I, I, Especially I, when you yeah. don't see clear vision for yeah, I, a clear yeah. pathway. Yeah, that's cool. When you, that's, that's that kind of territory where you start looking at that fee and you're like, yeah. all right, cool, that's yeah, good yeah. money, yeah. let's go. But 30 mil, 25, 30 mil. 25, definitely. Like, nah, come yeah. on, man. That's, we're we're, we're, we're marking ourselves off. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, that would be a bad sell, I think. Yeah. Unless yeah. there was some sort of like, sort of like really incentivized buy back where you're, I don't know, like you, you can pick him up for 40 million in two years or whatever. I don't know, but like... Because remember, what's his name? Um, Mavropanos. We sold him mm -hmm. to Stuttgart for like, what, two, three mil? Haven't they flipped him? Where yeah. Did, where... yeah, yeah, they flipped him straight away. Remember, they, they remember they held him in the season, but they sold him for... What did they go is on? He still, is he, is he no, still, he's still there? at Stuttgart. Oh, he's still at Stuttgart. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. I think you're right, Shams. I swear I saw him linked. Like, it looked like he was going somewhere, but maybe he just hasn't oh. gone yet. But fair enough. But yeah, but put it this way we sold him for like two, three mil. He's going to get flipped for, I reckon, like 10, 15. Yeah. Probably. Maybe, 15 maybe mil. even more. So, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So, so we, we, we need to, this, this has to be the summer where we start changing the narrative around Arsenal being bad sellers, especially when you look down the road and Chelsea have already made well over 200. Themselves, off the back of their worst season in about 30 years. Off the back of their worst season. But I guess it also shows they've just got saleable assets. People like their players. Whatever, whatever. Why though? Like, why? Like, what did Conor Gallagher do last year? Well, English player, English talent. I'm not talking 50 M's, bro. Like... A mid-table club. People buy him based off the season he had at Palace. Do you know what I mean? So, um, is crazy. I'm not gonna lie to you. Fifty M's. Nah, nah. Yeah. He doesn't have that in his catalog. Crazy, 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 crazy. What, 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 what he's done? Like English premium and all. No way. This is Who crazy. Chelsea sold? Oh, they sold, sold obviously. So, so, so Mount, Mount, so Mount and Havertz have been the big ones. That's already generated them like over 120 mil. They Pulisic just gone to AC Milan for around 20 mil. Uh, Ruben Loftus well, cheek, how much cheap, he's gone to AC Milan? Cheap, yeah, yeah, you know, they made a bit. Pulisic is a big loss because they signed him for like almost 60, so that that's a big, yeah. big loss. Um, I don't know how much Ruben went to AC Milan for, but he's it's gone 16 and a half, 16 and a half. Uh, decent sale. Me, me, yeah. Mendy and Kante both gone to Saudi Arabia. I think well, we can't them. count them, bro. They're, they're, those fees are—they're uh, just made up. There's not even—there's not even money being transferred there. It's just—it's just, it's just yeah. figures, you know. They—they've yeah. gone. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know how they managed to flip Koulibaly for like thirty mil after the season oh, he yeah, had as well. That—that that was that was crazy. But again, where's he gone? That, Is that Saudi as well? I think yeah, he's, he's gone, gone Saudi, Saudi as well. Yeah, he's gone he's Saudi as well. Saudi. So he's gone so, yeah, Saudi. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, but 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 but. Uh, but uh, 
ZX going or if, if he's not? No, really no, he because uh, of his injury. He pulled out because of his knee, so he's oh, not going to Saudi Arabia. So okay. I don't know what's happened with him. But anyway, screw Chelsea. As, let's as, let's. As he's leaving on a free, they've they've yeah, he's gone. He's he's, he's gone on a free to an Atletico, isn't it? And yeah, they sold Kovacic. 50 for Gallagher. Yeah, and yeah. they sold Kovacic to... Um, oh, yeah, Kovacic to Man City for uh, 30 Man mil. City. Yeah. 30 mil, so... Um, yeah, man. Yeah, they've made but that money, is man. it, that is it. That's 200 M's already there. We've, they've flipped, yeah. so... Fair play to them, man. Fair play to them. Anyway, let's... Um, we Because it is a quiet week, but we do have quite a few listeners' questions, so we can definitely have some debates around these. Um, first question, big up at Baitface Nate. Sends in questions on a regular... Um, there's been reports of Pepe getting one last chance. <laughs> reports, <laughs> what think... report is that? Ivory Coast Tra- news, bro. Like, what? <laughs> Try to think of some positives and negatives. Well, I mean, this is interesting because we saw those Pepe quotes that came out last week, right? Where he was actually speaking about how good of a relationship he had with Arteta. You know, uh, people, people thought Pepe had been harshly done by it, but Pepe was, he came out and said Arteta did a really a lot of one-to-one coaching and stuff with him, said he doesn't hold any, there's no grudges against Arteta. So, I mean, my perspective, feel free to chime in, that there, there is no last chance that he's, he's had. He's, he's had, had his last chance. Yeah, he's had, he's had various chances. And, yeah. you know, we were talking in our group chat today about the work Arteta's done, you know, in developing loads of players. I, I don't think you can hold Pepe against him because... You know, Arteta's a very good coach, as we've seen with a lot of the players that have developed, but he's also not a miracle worker. So if um, he's tried with Pepe and it's not worked, it is what it is, man. You can't win them all, in it? Yeah. He's he's someone that, mate, we surely we can get a fee from Saudi for him. Come on. Doesn't, doesn't look like there's no interest from Saudi, boy. I ain't seen no... Did he have, like, a decent season last year, like? Not really. No? Like six, seven, eight yeah. goals. It, was, it wasn't. He didn't do good. He didn't do good oh, on long. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't pull up any trees, man. So that that definitely would have helped if he could have pulled up some trees. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, sorry, Nate. I think it's just quite simple. That brother is not. You guys wouldn't know, even even no, no, no. Oh, right. opinion. Nah, when, uh, we we said, I think me, Shabs, and Leroy said last week on the pod. I think we can try, but. I just think this one's going to end up being a contract termination. I'm gonna be real. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I, I, I just, I, the reality is, he's he was our most expensive signing, and he got 140k per week. No one's going to give him those wages again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's not going to reach close to that fee either. Like, yeah, yeah, nowhere near. Like, you know, he, he, what will happen? We'll terminate his contract. It will go somewhere, and he'll start performing to a decent level, and then like. You'll, he'll kind of level out there where that will be like a true reflection of his his actual level. So, 30 million pound player. Yeah, like, you 20, know, 20, 25, 25 30, to 30 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 12 goal a season. Yeah, in front. 12 goal a season guy. He can kind of, one of them, up, up, like upper middle league sides, that kind of flex. That's, 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 that's where he is. That's who he is, I think. Um and yeah, we'll find out soon enough. But yeah, I don't. If we can get anything for him, it'll be happy days. But that one's just an L right now, and we just we just got to hold that, isn't it? I, I can't believe there's any Arsenal fans out there that would actually want him back. Pepe has listened. You know me. I was a Pepe stand. Pepe still has a lot of stands. Like, and you know, um, I don't see how you can look at what you we saw last year. Yeah, and think yeah, yeah. Pepe has any away. He doesn't. He doesn't. Play. He doesn't. And that's what it is. I think 
I, I still think like Pepe's qualities were in his finishing. I think mm. if, if you if you think about like some of the goals that he scored for us, he actually had like a good range of finishes in his locker, but that was it. There was there was nothing else. He couldn't really put anything decent together in the, over any prolonged period of time. And when he's required to play with his um with his brain, he just yeah, he couldn't apply it. He couldn't. I, 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 yeah, I, was, uh, <laughs> I, had to, I had to think about it. I'm glad you applied it, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah when he when, when he was required to think, he couldn't he couldn't apply any of the logic. So yeah, it's just we're better off without him. We just we just need to let that one go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Um. Stina underscore season. This is a weird one. He says, "When will the Touchy Gunas group do a five-a-side game? As in, are you are you trying to do do it amongst ourselves? Play against somebody else? Uh, I'm, I'm a, you well, know, there wasn't any there wasn't any context given here. Well, so. we we did do the touchline fives for a very yeah. long period, and we were doing the the weekly games. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in, just in saying t- this because we're Touchy Gunas beat everyone, didn't they? Everybody so. every week we smashed." teams to bits we did tournaments we did weekly games the the talent pool that touchy gunas had was extraordinary i will not even lie to you like we would rotate the team three times in a row and still go and beat teams like i think one time we beat mugga like 12 nil like it's crazy (laughs) they got mariah and elijah running around bro what do you want just you just you with one leg like what's seb seb but seb can't even see the ball we can't even see that. It's, it's, it's crazy out there. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, we we, we retired the, the touchline fives because it just wasn't competitive. To be to be fair, you know, uh, we're in a league of our own, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, hope that answers the question. Um, this is actually a, a really interesting one, um, and it's quite a lengthy one. So, I'll, so just bear with me as I read it out. It comes from Oko James underscore. Um, because often, obviously, if you remember last season, our first eleven was really good when they were all fit, but our squad players uh, didn't maybe perform to the level. Now, some would argue were they given enough sufficient time? Were they let out in the cold too long? So um, he asks, how many minutes do you think the following players get in all comps next season? And he uh, caveats that by following, who will be the most important rotation player? And just listen to the list. There's six players here. ESR. Enketia, Vieira, Nelson, Kivior, and Tomiyasu. So how many minutes do you think all of those players each get each? And who will be the most important rotation player? For me, it's still ESR comfortably. Because he's the only one I can see like a clear access to the team on a regular basis um, in multiple positions. I think... I'd I'd be shocked to see Vieira here at the first game of the season. I really would. I think I think he's due a, a, a alone. Um Tomiyasu, I just can't rely on him being fit, so I, I, I assume he'll I just assume he'll get an injury. Kivior is an interesting one because we don't quite know what the plan is. Like that could be we saw him playing that left back position at the end of the season. You know, Gabriel's gonna need to be rotated at the left centre back position. So we'll, we'll definitely see more of him. And I think Arteta probably quite likes him as well. 
Um, and who was the other one that you mentioned? Enketia can't see it. Can't see many minutes for Enketia, if I'm being brutally and, honest. And Reese Nelson. And Nelson. I mean, he was reluctant to use Nelson in the back end last year. So I don't really see him having a pivotal role to play this year. Um, the only, it's, it's only it's Emil Smith-Rowe. And even that is kind of in the air a bit. But I can see Emil, I can see Emil having a good preseason and... You know, working his way back into plans, I can definitely see a future. Yeah, well, he's he's it's been reported he's um sorry, Shabs, just come in one sec. Yeah, so it's been reported. Obviously, he finished the under twenty ones on uh, Sunday. Obviously, they won the under twenty one European Championships, which was great, um, and obviously featured in pretty much every game. And he is not going to take time off. He's going to be coming to join the team on the US tour, which is good, obviously, as he tries to work his way back in. Um, but yeah, Shabs, what do you think on those six that have been mentioned? I think I don't think different to what Lou has said um, in terms of all that. I think Smith Rowe, uh, as long as he stays fit, um, free of injury, I think probably eighteen eighteen hundred minute. Um, is that is that all comps? Because that's comp. what that's what that's what's being asked here. All comps, yeah, yeah, all comps, all comps. Eighteen hundred. Well, how many games is that? I think you. I think that's. What's that? 1900 divided by 90. Uh, 20 well, games. Yeah. Yeah. Easy maths, guys. Come on, guys. Bloody yeah, hell. Yeah, come on, man. I'm not a mathematician, man. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's 20 games. I think... Uh, I'm not necessarily saying starts either. I don't think a lot of those will be starts. I think he'll be an option off the bench where he'll accumulate 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Um, might start in Champions League games uh, once the group stages are kind of um, sewn up. And I think he'll start in cup games, definitely. So we've got like, we'll, we'll have like a Carabao Cup game in September. Um, and then if we get through again, we'll have another one, what, like uh, November, December. So I think there, and then when the FA Cup kicks in at the start of the season, around Christmas, I think his minutes will um, increase. And then in the New Year FA Cup game, sorry, he'll he'll, 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 he'll get games. Um, I can't see any of those getting more minutes than him, I don't think. Um, with Kivior, yeah, I agree. We've got to wait and see what happens there. But I think it's very clear Gabriel's the starter and Zinchenko. Um, in fact, Kivio's interesting. It depends, you know. It depends because Zinchenko, Tomiyasu, Tierney, we don't know what's going to happen still. Um, if Tierney wants to leave, then we're, we're with Tomiyasu and Zinchenko. Neither of them are reliable. So we might see Kivio more than... more than. Um, that's injury dependent. I think that's more like to do with availability. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but the rest, I, I don't, yeah, I can't really see. And I think probably the most important rotational option hasn't been included on the list. And I think it's probably Trossard. But the thing is, Tr Trossard is trusted, right? I think, yeah. And uh, to be fair, you could call him a rotation option and, and he'd probably be the most important one because he's the one who will see the most yeah. minutes out of all of yeah. them. Because ostensibly, Trossard isn't a starter, but out of all the options on the bench, Trossard will get most minutes out of all of yeah. them. He'll be the first to come off the bench to freshen yeah. up the attack. And I yeah, think that's yeah, yeah. very clear from what we saw in terms of how he was used um, yeah. by Arteta when, since we signed him. But also, 
he kind of deserves it in terms of his production, his output. Um, Trossard's output was very good. So it, it's difficult to kind of, yeah, it's difficult to argue. Trossard is going to need more goals, though, brothers. Hmm. He's, he's going to need more goals, but yeah, I, I think well, he might do, 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 do you know what? It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's interesting because before he joined us, he was Brian's top scorer and he had actually scored mm. quite a few, but yeah. it, it sort of changed when he joined Arsenal. It became more of a facilitator. He got like 10, yeah. 11 assists, but 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 I have seen Trossard. Trossard can strike the ball really well. Oh, I've got I've not, no, got no qualms about him in front of God. He okay. just didn't really seem to get the chances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. it's how we used him. I think yeah, we we used him more as a facilitator and a creator than than the the guy. And um, yeah, he came and started getting games, and then Jesus was fit again and kind of back in the team. So and and and, and that that's that's an important distinction to make because. Especially with ESR, Eddie, Vieira, Nelson. This applies to all of them. Trossard jumped all of them in the queue, so he's pushed yeah. all of them down one. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so that, so that will be interesting. I, I don't really know what the answer is in terms of minutes wise, but we'll have to see how it evolves over the course of the season. And obviously, this is also dependent on the manager with four competitions being better with rotation too. So, it's um, it's a wait and see one on that. Um, we've got another question from Mike's from Copend. Big him up. He was on the pod on Sunday. Um, and his question is following up from my question on the main pod. How would you compare Declan Rice's ceiling to the likes of Caicedo, Lavia, and Chuamani? Hmm. I liked, I liked, I liked this question. I, I, I want to say I liked the, the, the conversation and the discourse they was having around um, Declan Rice. By the way, I feel like there was heavy agenda. Definitely heavy agenda and a bit of playing down about um, Rice. But yeah, I think this question is good. Um, I think Rice is up there in terms of his ceiling. And I think him improving the quality around him, the quality of play around him, I think only um, increases his potential because I think he, he will get better. One, I think Rice is quite underrated or not not underrated i think he's a lot of rice's qualities have been overlooked because of the way that he's been used for west ham and because of the way that he's been used for england so i don't think the context has always been applied when considering rice and what rice is truly good at i think rice when people discuss him they've always put in limits on him so oh yeah actually yeah he's not a good passer of the ball and I think that's nonsense. I think Rice is a is a very good passer of the ball. I think the way that he was used, especially for West Ham, didn't necessitate him needing to pass the ball a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of digressing and diverting from the question. I think it's hard to answer, to be honest with you. Um, I think True many probably up there. Um, I think those he, players are considered to be, maybe outside of Caicedo, those players are considered to be maybe a bit more rounded or better technical skills so people often so people will often look at like technical ability as you know this player is better than a is better than b because they have better technical ability but i think um as as we've seen in football you know uh, and and what with the 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 quality the, the aspects of the game that rice brings to the table it's not always that simple on a football pitch it isn't always about like who has the best technical quality and, mm. and whatnot and um 
I think with Rice, he has a lot to bring to the table in terms of like leadership and stuff as well, which maybe yeah. the others don't. Um, yeah. Kaiseido definitely has more, maybe a bit more flexibility. We've seen him play in a multitude of positions. Um, Lavia, everyone's excited about his ability on the ball, off the ball. Seems a, maybe a bit more rounded player than Rice's. I don't know if that's fair. Chumi, definitely. I don't, I don't I don't agree with Lavia defensively, I've, but he's young. I think the, the, the argument is 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 that he's young. I think off the ball, Lavia, I've seen some stuff. Again, all right, he's played for Southampton, who were the worst defensive team in the league last season. But do, do, yeah. do you know what people do? You know what people do those jabs is they look at, for example, like technical ability. People mm. always look at it as that right. You've got that. Probably not going to improve, but people always look at the off the ball stuff as something that people can improve. So mm. I think when people are looking at potential, because Rice already has the off the ball stuff and there's, then, then there's concerns about on the, on the ball stuff there, mm. his ceiling is kind of capped because it's like, how much better can he get off the ball? I think he can get better off the ball. Certainly. No. Cause there's, no. you know, in in the roles that he could be deployed in at Arsenal, we could absolutely get better off the ball. Yeah. Um, whereas, do you see what I'm saying? In terms of development, when you're looking at your Lavias in particular, people always look at his technical ability and be like, cool, he's got it. It's the off the ball stuff he needs to work on, but that could be coached. It's more of a, you know, an asset that could be coached. Um, so I think people will always say those kind of talents will have the highest ceiling. I don't necessarily agree. Mm. Um because I think there's a lot Rice can bring to the table with his leadership. I think he can definitely get better off the ball. He could definitely get better on the ball as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I find it I, that's a very difficult question to answer. If, I'm yeah. if, I, if I had to say, I would say Lavio has got the highest ceiling, but yeah. So I'll, I'll just quickly add my two pence in on this. I, um, you know, I think. If we're looking at it from the manager's perspective, you think Rice has the highest ceiling. 105 million would buy anyone on that list, and mm. he's chosen to put that on Declan Rice. So, in his opinion, that is the guy. Um, Lavia reminds me of Party in terms of on the ball stuff, off the ball stuff. I do agree. I think he needs some work, but mm. I do like his tenaciousness, his intensity, his aggressiveness, um, doing what he's doing in the in, in the prem at the age of 18, 19 for the worst team in the league. I think there's a lot of plus points there, and the fee is decent. Um, can very much be developed. Um, Caicedo is, for me, a bit of a jack of all trades. He just does a bit of everything. He's just like, that guy's an aggressive animal, man. I, I really like him. I've always liked him. I just like the way he plays. He's, like I said, I think, can't remember who compared him to Kante, but I just, it, 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 I do have that feeling with uh, Caicedo that he's just a bit of, he's just an all-rounder and he does a bit of everything. Um, it's inevitable. Yeah, yeah, like, Whoever gets Caicedo is going to do well. Like mm -hmm. for me, that is like a guaranteed success. Like wherever he goes, um, mm -hmm. he elevates that team wherever wherever he goes. Do you see Chuamani, um, I think he's very good defensively, but I've never been that impressed by him on the ball. I'll be totally honest with you. He hasn't moved me on the ball. Um, he got swamped and, at Madrid. I think they bared him with a bit yeah. too much responsibility initially, and he wasn't able to. He wasn't able to give the Madrid what like your Cruises do and your Modric. He's he's, do, he's, you know? he's he's not that style of player. He, he's, he's just not, not like player, he's, yeah. he's not that player. He's more of a stopper. Like you know, yeah. like but 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 personally, I've always 
veered more towards Kamavinga's my guy because Kamavinga is someone who can do a bit of everything. Kamavinga yeah. tackles, he dribbles, carries the ball, combines, shoots. That is yeah. like you know for me, he's not top, ideal. Top. Like if if you yeah. gave me all the money in the world, Kamavinga would be the first player I'd personally mm, like hundred hundred million percent because yeah. he's for me that level. He's shown from when he was sixteen, you know, in that debut against PSG when he was playing as a holding midfielder at the age of sixteen against the best team in France. Levels, levels, talent. But um, that's a level. anyway. That's, that's, that's a level that, to be trusted, even yeah, to play. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Imagine getting thrown in for your debut against PSG. The coach is making a statement as well as his performance because the coach and, is saying, "I trust you to go out there and do it." And he said the next day he went to school, yeah. and he <laughs> got the assist. And he got the assist in that game, by the way, yeah. from DM. So, um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, I digress. But yeah, I, I, so. I've always been more and more. The more I watch Rice, I continuously get impressed. I watched um, Ask Vision's um, Patreon scouting piece around him, and and you know I think Clive made a lot of good points, which was talking about when when you look at Rice, you've also got a picture him out of that West Ham setup and in the Arsenal setup. Do you know what I mean? It's very, very different. At West Ham, he literally is a lone ranger in that midfield. I don't know where Suchek is. He's never there. So Rice is literally firefighting. He's fighting like about three battles. Suchek's just trying to head the ball somewhere. That's, that's Bro, it. The ball's I mean, on the floor. Suchek's trying to head it. He's just... <laughs> uh, but, but obviously, you need to remember, we invert our, one of our fullbacks. So basically, in build-up, Rice will always play in more of a double pivot. He'll always have a partner next to him. So there'll always be different passing options, passing lanes. He'll have the ability to carry, connect. So I just think... All all of those factors intertwined is probably in addition to like the, the the factors you guys mentioned in terms of the leadership, the softer factors. Um, I, I, I can see it, man. I, I can really see Rice being a success for us, man. Even though obviously the price is whatever it is, it's crazy. But I think for Arteta to, you know, I really think this is the one where Arteta was like, I don't really care what level we have to go to. Like, you just have to get me this guy. Like, get me, get yeah, me, get yeah, me. Yeah. So yeah. it is what it is. And, and credit to them, they did, especially obviously when that City bid came in. Um, so yeah, <laughs> the next question, this is really interesting because it marries up with conversations that were on the main pod on Sunday and conversations which we've been having in the group today. Um, it's from yeah, he are underscore 26. Um, he says, how much credit should managers get for the development of players if they were always expected to be top? Um, <laughs> what has Arteta... <laughs> and then follow up, follow up question. What has Arteta done to convince you? he can get the best out of the likes of players like Havertz? So, twofold question. So, so for me, I think I think it doesn't matter what... I, I've seen the discussions about trajectory and um, trajectory definitely matters because, you know, there, there are some players who are going to be... They're going to be top irregardless of what manager they're, they're playing under, right? They're, they're, there's a special few that... Mm -hmm. Lionel Messi is going to be top no matter mm -hmm. if his manager is... Uh, Fucking Roy Hodgson, Harry Redknapp, or you know, Pep. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Lionel Messi is going to be Lionel Messi, but I think I think some players need guidance with their trajectory. You know, we can all look at a player at nineteen and think this guy has a a really high ceiling. But out of those percentage of players that we look at nineteen and think, wow, this player can really be something. What's the proportion of players that actually go on to reach that ceiling? It's very small. It's very very small. So that says to me that players need guidance, players need platform, players need coaching to get to that level. Um, you know, did I say, I said platform, didn't I? Yeah, they, they yeah. need all three of those things to get to a certain level. And the coach is a huge part of that. So um, 
just because a player has potential and they meet it doesn't mean that the coach should, uh, you know, shouldn't get any praise for that. I think they should absolutely get praise for it because there's so many footballers out there who do not go on to reach their potential because of terrible coaching, bad platforms, bad setups. It happens every day. So every single a coach day. should be credited for 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 for, have, for giving the platform to a player for for coaching the, the, the small details on on um you know things to improve said player to get to that level that we all hope they would get to. Um and yeah, I've, I, I definitely definitely think coaches deserve credit for that. Yeah, I agree entirely. And I think a lot of the time as well, when you're talking about a, a player's ability. But the majority of people default to their technical qualities, what they're mm. able to do technically. When actually, it's not. We, some of the most technically accomplished footballers aren't playing the game or aren't playing the game at any kind of high level. They go on to be like these five-a-side players or these futsal guys or these like F two guys doing skills and tricks. So it's 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 absolutely when you're considering player development, yeah. The technical quality is technical quality, and that's one thing. But it's you know it's the, it's the other parts as well. It's, it's it's coaching the tactical side of the game as well. It's it's helping to assist with mentality. You know, not saying that coaches can um, always influence a player's mentality, but lots of coaches do um, assist with that as well. So I just don't get why it's um, kind of overlooked and 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 underplayed, especially with a coach like Arteta. And I think, yeah, we can sit here and debate about this and debate the toss until the cows come home. The bottom line is let's listen to what the players themselves have actually said about Arteta in terms of how he's helped their 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 games, how he's helped them to refine their game, how he's helped them to understand the game in a bit of a different way, how he's helped in terms of really kind of specific um, aspects such as body positioning and posture, you know, um, and then we've been, you know, I've got these fresh in mind because we've been debating these all day. But um, the example of Eddie and KTL, for example, and three years ago, like, you know, he wasn't able to trap the ball. And, you know, he's a completely different player. Now, Saka, people are saying, oh, Saka was a given. It wasn't a given. There were debates. I, I, I know this because I've been the um, pro Saka from the outset. And one of the people that even when there was criticism, for Saka, I was saying, look, this guy's not even played 10 league games for us yet. We need to just relax and see what he's capable of. He was playing as a left-back when Arteta mm. arrived at the club. That's how he was being used. Yeah, people um, can't pretend that Saka's going to be this inevitable right-winger when all he came through yeah. as a left-back. And talking about, oh, well, uh, well, he played on the wing in the academy. It's That's irrelevant. It's irrelevant mm. where he played in the academy to a large extent. When Arteta arrived at the club, this guy was a left-back. And people were saying, well, he's an auxiliary left-back even. Um, can't see him even making it at the club as a long-term left-back. Um, forget like him being like one of the most efficient attackers. He's played in every position or been used in multiple positions under Arteta. Sometimes just short-term, you know, quick fixes. But, you know, he's played as an eight in Arteta when we were in the lockdown phase. He's played as a 10. He played on the left wing. He's played on the right wing. And he found his spot on the right wing. Look at the difference. There's like, so many say, examples. Oh, just, we can't say, oh, that's just because um, so, 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 Saka was destined to be, uh, you know, this top player. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. So, you can even look at Xhaka last season. Look at Xhaka exactly. last season. 
at Shaka, look at Erdegaard. So these are the things, ultimately, to answer the second part of the question, these are the things that give me confidence that he um, will be able to, you know, get a tune out of a player like Havertz. You know, when you say that, oh, actually, look at his examples, look at his reference points. He's got lots of players that he's helped to um, identify the best way to utilise them, find a way it works within his setup for them, um, or improve them technically. So, you know, he's done both. There's so many examples that we could go to where he's improved the player tactically, he's improved the player's understanding of the game or helped them to understand the game better or where he's helped them to make tactical uh, adjustments and improvements to their game. Like Erdegaard, for example, and shooting and shooting closer to goal. So, um, and look at the goal return that Erdegaard got. So these things aren't aren't, aren't, aren't things that outside of the said, yeah, they predict. And that Odegaard should just be doing it. Because if not, why is why wasn't he doing it? Why wasn't he doing it when he went Holland playing for Herenveen or Vitesse? They, they, oh, the Dutch league is an easy league to get goals in. Why wasn't he slapping 15 goals in the league in Holland? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like or at Sociedad. Wasn't the case. No, no facts. Facts. Yeah. Um, couple quick ones before before we wrap up. Uh ba boom, Yonka Abs. Big him up every week with some funny ones. Are we going to pack manual in a spliff or are we going to pack manual in a spliff next week? We're going to pack. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to tell, isn't it? I mean, I can't, I can never, I, I'm not going to predict a preseason game. I can't like, cause <laughs> it's yeah. I, I think it'd be a good litmus test. Um, like those games were last year. I think, People, people say preseason doesn't matter. I really disagree. I really think preseason matters, and we're testimony to that of how we how we performed last year, and we were red hot at the start of the season. Um, so I, I definitely think it matters. It's just very hard to predict. We just don't. We're not seeing enough. We're not. We don't know how these players returned. Um, it w- it yeah. will also be interesting to me to see if by the time we play them, if they have Onana in goal, because that's obviously going to revolutionise how they build from the back a completely different mm-hmm. style of goalkeeper. Um, very much, he's probably, <laughs> along with Edison, the most... <laughs> he's going to give some Man United fans heart attacks with the way yeah. this guy plays, by the way, because <laughs> he loves to dribble out from the back like, so much so. Like <laughs> He's going to make, yeah. make errors, man. He's going to make he's, a lot he's, of he's errors. Gonna, he's going he's to make errors, but... I think obviously it's a, it's a consequence of the star, right? That, that's why yeah. I never really get. If he's annoyed. an overall net positive, then it's good. It's it fun. is what it is. Th- those style of goalkeepers who are so confident in their ability to play, they're bound to have bozo moments. So it's 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 it's, it's part of the. As long as he's a competent shot stopper, then he'll be fine, man. Yeah, it will be a net positive on their play overall. Um, Bogan underscore N five. Why is everyone so upset when our deals are announced? I couldn't give less of a shit. I, I it think is a bit weird, isn't yeah, it? But... Interesting. It is weird. I don't think it matters. We 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 know that Declan Rice and Timber, like we know those those deals are as good as done. When the club announces it, is when the club announces it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, the that's club it. can't win. The club yeah. can't win. You do you, you do your business too late, people moan. You do it too early, and you have quiet days, people moan. It's yeah. like. People are never going to be happy. So I just don't listen. And I think people like these reporters who, you know, your Fabrizio's and who are literally saying 24 hours every day, 24 hours, 24 hours, 24 hours. It's like Jack Bauer from from 24, mate. He's like, he's he's every hour of the day, he's he's commentating on it. And it's, I think that, that 
makes fans like petulant and it makes them impatient. Um, people just need to relax, man. Like we're, we're on the 12th of July, the 12th of July, and we've signed three players, three big money players who are going to have a massive, massive role in what happens next season for us. Unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this current administration, I mean, probably there's examples in the 90s where we signed players and maybe early Wenger years. But in modern day football, impossible. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. So people need to get a grip. They, they really to need out. to get they, a grip. They, they you know, need to go Transfers will be announced when they're announced. Yeah, it's been a little bit long and it's, you know, maybe it's taken the fun out of it. But guys, it doesn't matter. These guys are going to be playing for us next year. Like, you should be praising the club for getting shit done because normally these same people will probably be saying, oh, the club are taking too long to do. Why are they doing transfers too late? We should, we could have got this done in July 12th. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, look, we, we've just done it on July 12th. We've done it even <laughs> last week. Yeah. They need, to, um, they need to go outside and touch grass, man. Enjoy the, 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 the small the oxygen, is, guys. The, yeah. The sun, the sun is shining. There's some beautiful women outside, so just enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, enjoy yeah I, saw, it. I saw that little look there, yeah? I saw that, I saw that little look. Listen, enjoy the sunshine. Just making sure man. the coast is clear, yeah? Of course, of course. Listen, I don't want to be in the, I can't, can't, can't yeah, be in the dog yeah, out yeah, again, man. You've got to check your shoulders, man. All the yeah, yeah. time, man. Got got prime jabby, man. Yeah, yeah, 100 yeah. million percent. Yeah, women are as women. I agree. There are right. some very, very beautiful women out there. This is maxi dress season as well. So, yeah. <laughs> So I heard, uh, anyway. so I heard. Yeah, it's what I heard, what I heard. Through, through the grapevine. Anyway, we deviate off. Um, last one before. Quiet, like... Yeah, yeah. It's no, very, very like, convenient. I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what you want from me, bro. Like, you know, I, just, I don't know what you want from me. Say oh, um, it even louder another time, okay? <laughs> I'm screaming, I'm screaming. All right, last one for tonight before we get out of here. Um, there's two questions on Thomas' party, so I'll just... Um, amalgamate them into one um first one from so8hgn i never know how to pronounce this name but um firstly he asked how much would you want to consider to sell thomas party and um m4 at underscore m479 he asked if we had to sell thomas party who's your ideal replacement mine would be either frankie de jong or shuramani as i feel either will have to sell to fund their window and not overly keen on alavia Listen, Frankie De Jong, them wages are absolutely in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely no way, Frankie De Jong. Um, True many, mm, nah, I think that's that's another that's another one as well. I'm not. I, I'll be honest with you, especially with Rice, who I think could do play the, the interpret the role of the six very similar to the way that True many does, but gives more on the ball. True uh, many is not one that. I'm really sold on. For me, if we let Partey go, um, for me, Lavia. Lavia. Or um, if we let Partey go, bring in Caicedo. One of those two, I'd be... Any of those two, I'd be happy with. And I think Partey... I have been saying for a long time, the club have got a decision to make in relation to Partey because he's got two years left on his deal and his age. And I don't think we're going to extend... um, and if we don't sell now, then, you know, we kind of leaves ourselves in a position where next season it's a, it's a bit of a joke. If Saudi Arabia or someone comes in and they're talking about 40 mil, yeah, bite your hand off, you know. So, uh, but otherwise, 
yeah, I think there's a value to him staying. And um, I think, yeah, just we're, 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 we've raised the ceiling with the signings this season. So, you know, if Partey starts alongside Rice or Partey and Rice and Havertz or Partey, Rice, Odegaard, whatever combination of players it might be in that midfield, um, I only see that as a good thing for us. We're stronger. If um, Partey is demoted to a, a rotation option and Rice is starting and whatnot, it means our depth is, you know, of better quality. So, Again, I'm, it, it doesn't bother me too much. So I think we've got to look at the upside of, 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 of both sides really. If we do sell him, getting in like a really good replacement. If we do keep him, then you know we've got a really good squad and better quality. So I'm easy either way. Yeah, my fear would be that we don't, that we would sell and wouldn't replace. No, I, I, I think I think the reporting has been quite like if. I think we will move for another midfielder if Party goes, basically. Mm-hmm. So they, they wouldn't let Party and Jack both go without. I mean, obviously, Rice has been brought in, but I think they'd bring it. If Party went, they'd bring in another 100%. I think they would. So I wouldn't that, sell for a penny less than what we bought him for. 45. I don't, you won't, you won't get that for him. And I wouldn't age, sell him. Wages. Then you wouldn't sell him. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think, I think I'm leaning more towards uh, just keeping him. Uh, just because also I think it's good to have a level of continuity. I think moving both Shaka and Party on in the same window is quite, you it's know, it's, 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 it's a big risk when that's what you've mm. relied upon for the last three years. You know, don't get me wrong. We need to start evolving away from them. We need to start moving on. But to completely get rid of both of them, you know, my, my ideal thought was to just move them to squad players and just buy two new ones. But uh, uh but yeah, which is essentially what we're doing. But you know, I wasn't gonna say get them both out of the club. So I think, I think, yeah, we. I think for me, we needed to keep one of Xhaka or Party for some continuity. So yeah, I would, you know, as much as I, I'd, you know, the links have been Lavia, and I really like him. I'm a big, big fan. Um, but I'd also question how much Lavia would play for us, mm. assuming Rice is being brought in to be the six, right? Because. Um, Lavia played 33 games for Southampton around that last season, yeah. So, and you saw the development, you know, for someone of his age. I think can't remember who said it, but they said young players always need to be playing. Young players are not going to develop if they're not playing. So, I, I don't see the purpose of Lavia coming in not to get consistent game time. At Arsenal, personally, I know some people would think uh, they'd like to see Lavia at six and Rice as eight, and I could definitely see that working as well. But there's a small matter of the fact we have bought 65 million Havertz, and I think. Arteta is planning to make that a key piece. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but, you know, tomorrow um, for the first friendly will be the first glimpses we get of Havertz as a midfielder, I'm assuming. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. That's if he plays. He might not even play, and I might just be talking absolute rubbish. So so who knows? Who knows? We'll see, man. But, yeah, let's uh, let's call it a night there. We've uh, gone over an hour and a bit. So, um, But, gents, thank you very much. Listeners, thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed uh, once the announcements have come, we'll have some more scouting pieces. Um, yeah, it's gone a bit quiet on the Arsenal Ether in the last week or so after a busy, hectic first three weeks. But um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about after the friendlies start to kick off. So, Shabs, Lewis, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you and very listeners, much. We will see you on the flip side. Peace. Cheers. Cheers. to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Yo! Could it
Network.